The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to another edition of Rumble Ramble. Day two of NBA free agency. Today is Wednesday, the fourth of August. And, you know, free agency has just been insane. Uh, The Lakers have made plenty of moves. We have to break that down. The Bulls made a huge addition. we got to talk about that. We're going to run through all of the signings, maybe talk about some free agents that are still out and about that are important, you know, that we've probably banked on them finding a home that are still waiting it out. So, you know, without further ado, we're going to get to it. But before I do... Notice I broke up my intro just a little bit. My name's Corbin. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a hoopball presentation, so check out hoopball on Twitter at hoopballtweets online at hoop-ball.com. Definitely make sure to jump on there. There is a few things to keep track of. Not only do we have our fantasy NBA show covering free agency from a fantasy-specific side, we also have our Lakers cast, which has recapped all of the action I talked about last show, and we'll talk about this show regarding the LA Lakers. In addition to that... You have the Hawks cast going on. They're waiting on a big guy in John Collins. That hasn't been decided yet. We'll go into that in a minute. We have the Hoop Ball Loyalty Program. That's something you want to jump on, especially since we got maybe a brief week. It's not a week. It's a month and change. But it feels like a week of no basketball news, and then we're right back at it again. So you want to get on with the edge for your fantasy team. We have a lot going on. There's a lot to do. So definitely make sure to check out Hoop Ball again. Hoop Ball tweets on Twitter, online, Hoop dash ball.com all right so we have to start with my lakers because my lakers made a ton of moves all of them on the minimum so that's the contract so i'm just gonna just roll out the list of names of people who were brought in i really think it's crazy here um first we gotta talk about the vet so if you remember last show we had for the lakers marcus all dwight howard lebron james trevor reza kent Bazemore, wayne ellington russell westbrook well the Lakers came and filled out a little more around the edges. Uh, they brought in Carmelo Anthony. They brought in uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. He re-signed for three years, 32 mil. They brought in Malik Monk on the men. I thought that was a great sign. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. They brought in Kendrick Nunn. That, to me, was really cool. Two years, $10 million deal. Uh, their roster's starting to fill out a little bit more. I, I think, to dive into this, the first thing I look at is is this. The Lakers made an emphasis on offense, specifically shooting. This is a big thing they did. Uh, it was clear. We saw they struggled last year to really make anything. I mean, this was a regular season problem. This was a postseason problem. The Lakers making outside shots have been up and down, even while they've had, you know, decent three-point shooters on the team. Uh, you know, maybe guys like Wes Matthews, guys like Danny Green, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Uh, you know, in moments, just not like lights out all the time three-point shooting. Well, the Lakers went and, and addressed a little bit of that. We can see that now because in Nunn, Bazemore, Monk, Anthony, and Ellington, all of these guys were above average three-point shooters last year. If you look at Ellington, he shot 42% from three on six threes a game. Carmelo, 40% from three on 4.73s. He's really fully embraced that role player gunning mode. Lord knows he hasn't given you much else. Bazemore, 40% from three on just under three attempts. Malik Monk. 40% from three on an even five attempts a night. And then Trevor Reza, 35% from three on just under five threes a night. So you know what you're getting here. Defensively, that's kind of an issue, of course. But right now you could see, 
you know, in 2019-2020, the Lakers focused more on the defense side of the ball, players that could just lock in and let LeBron and AD go to work. Then 2020-2021, it was more of, okay, we're going to bring in some more offensive additions, maybe not specifically regarding to shooting, but definitely kind of beef up our bench, hopefully address the non-LeBron James minutes, uh, running stuff primarily through Dennis Schroeder as the hope was, running stuff as the hope was, again, primarily through Montrezl Harrell off the bench, bringing Marcus Saul. It was still geared more offensive-minded, but... You know, it was a little give and take. It wasn't necessarily just the specific shooting skill set. Well, now we see what it is. It's all about the three. Um, specifically, I got to talk about my favorite signings that the Lakers made of this cluster. But they did waive Afonso McKinney and his non-guarantee contract, which, I mean, was kind of expected. So they opened up another roster spot that can be used for somebody that they can go to win now, um, whether that is a Wes Matthews, whether that is a, a, a Jared Dudley, as far as the uh, incumbent members of their team they had, it won't be Mark Keith Morris, we'll talk about that when I go back to Miami Heat, that's where he went, better minimum, guess I just talked about it, but the point being, um, Dennis Schroeder is still out and about, so maybe there's something there where he comes back, I doubt it, but it's possible if we've seen nothing else as free agency is that nothing has gone to plan outside of a few things here or there. So, that's interesting, but my favorite signing for the Lakers, well, it's two. I'll give two signings I liked that LA have made. One, Kendrick Nunn. How do you feel about the person? The player is what I'm intrigued by as a Lakers fan. Two years, $10 million deal, second year player option. According to Woj, he turned down a significant amount of money to chase a tie with the Lakers. Now, Nunn is 26, turning down more, probably from the Knicks, who are still trying to get that point guard like spot solidified. Um, he has that player option in year two, so he has some flexibility on his side, but we could see what the goal was for him. Uh, he averaged 14.6 points and 3.2 rebounds last season. He shot, like I said, 38% from three, 48% overall from the field in 56 games last year. After Malik Monk, he is the second young guard to join the Lakers, because they were looking like the LAARP. <laughs> so now they got some youth, along with, you know, Monk, um, Nunn, who just turned 26 uh, two days ago. Don't know why I didn't cover that on my birthday segment. Drop the ball there, y'all. And Tatum Horton Tucker, who is just 20. So you have a little bit more youth there. But in Nunn, you have someone who played pretty much exclusively as a point guard. He ranked in the 80th percentile as a spot-up shooter. He ran in the 92nd percentile on unguarded catch-and-shoot jumpers. Uh, ran a lot of pick-and-roll. Eh, he was a height there, not super great. But he's playing alongside Westbrook and LeBron. So I think his role now will be primarily to put the ball in the basket as a shooter. Um, on the court, again, his signing is, is going to be... Um, great for them just shooting uh and spacing the floor something that obviously lakers have made that priority you do got to talk about his red flags i i did mention how we feel about him not to dismiss that just to focus on why i would be quote-unquote excited but prior to the nba he did go undrafted pled guilty to a misdemeanor battery charge stemming from a domestic battery rate arrest um he was kicked off the university of illinois basketball team as a result you can definitely look into that it is by no means pretty or cool or anything in fact it's nothing about that is redeeming. Uh, but those red flags are there. Um, we'll have to see if, if, if they're addressed at some point. I, I, I It's it's a mess on that end. Um, but as a signing for the Lakers is decent for what he provides on the court, off the court, there are some things that have to be dealt with. So, well, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But Malik Monk is another person I was really big on, um, especially since... We'll talk about this a little bit, but the Lakers missed out on a signing that ended up going to Brooklyn. So they ended up addressing that to add some more depth to their backcourt in a different way. They didn't get the point guard that they were looking for. Again, talk about that in a second. But they did go and grab Malik Monk, and that was someone I liked because 
one, for the minimum, that was great. But two, he's someone that is still young, just 23. Uh, he made good on the potential that he had when he was drafted from Kentucky. Uh, he averaged 11 points off the bench, shot 40% from three, 43% overall from the field. He was part of a solid backcourt for the Hornets that really helped them get to as high as the number four seed before they went down with injuries. And he was playing really, really well. Um, he had entered the rotation for the Hornets in, in late January, and he stayed there until he was injured until, you know, at about late March. So just under two months, but he averaged 14.5 points. 2.9 rebounds, two assists, shot 42% from field, uh, just under or just over 45% from the field overall. He ranked 90th in catch and shoot jumpers percentile wise. He ranked in the 62nd percentile in shots off the dribble. He's someone who's going to put the ball in the basket, can come out as a young gunner, probably fill that J.R. Smith archetype for the Lakers that will be kind of cool. He started to turn around a little bit and to have that youth and athleticism to this rather elderly bunch. I mean, it's important. I mean, let's talk about the, the the elderly bunch here. The Lakers, even with Taylor Horn Tucker, who who came back obviously, with Malik Monk, with Kendrick Nunn, Anthony Davis, those are your four guys under the age of 29. That's it. Everyone else is not only over 30, but significantly so. The average age of the LA Lakers right now, with the 12 people they have on the roster, is 30. That should give you just a glimpse of, you know, where this team is trending. This is, you know, the all-star team of 2012, maybe not the all-star team of, you know, 2022. Uh, A lot of these guys, I I don't stress it too much because you're looking at guys like Russell Westbrook, like LeBron James, like like, um, Dwight Howard, who, for their age, are in better shape than people half their age, you know, at their respective positions. Russell Westbrook, yes, he's lost a hint of athleticism, uh, but that's only because he was so supernova athletic to begin with. He's still just pace for pace, as fast as anyone. LeBron, we've seen it. Yeah, laterally, there's some there's some loss there. I think we can all notice that. But, like, straight lines, still rising up for dunks, chase down blocks, the dude can still give it to you. Dwight Howard, come on, man. We've seen it. He's even had some injury concerns the last half of the year, even while still looking like Adonis. But he's kind of shored that up over the last two seasons. Been healthy, if not a little foul prone, which I think maybe would make up for some of the lack of lateral movement, you know, getting fouls because getting there late. But for the most part, he's still someone who is playing. He's coming in as a vertical slob threat, a vertical spacer, a defender around the rim. There's a guy who's going to be turning 36. Like, he's filling that role. You know, all due respect to Marcus Saul, who I love and who will be returning as a passer, as a shooter, that sort of guy. But Marcus Saul is not that type of player. They're the same age. Not the type of guy. Just not. Dwight Howard not only has been, but he has continued to be in that role. So, for what they are, love those. But especially Malik Monk, especially um, Kendrick Nunn, for what they provide for this Lakers team. Right now, where they stand, it is much too early for me to start ranking where they're going to be and how they're going to look. But I like what they did. It's a different roster. You know, I'm not going to say it's stronger or even comparable to the Lakers team of last year or the year before. Those teams went as far as LeBron and AD ultimately, just as these teams will. Uh, will the rotation and, and the supporting cast measure up? I mean, last year was pretty much of a letdown. You know, the year before, pieces came into just enough to win at certain moments. So, again, too soon for me to throw out the Lakers have made great moves, the Lakers have made horrible moves. I will say as a fan, I am excited for what they did. I'm glad they took a need for once that everyone saw, and, you know, whether we love it or hate it, they went the heck to it and addressed it. I think you have at least solid to great three-point shooters on this team now. I mean, the guys that, you know, you're looking at the the Trevor Rezas, the Kent Bazemores. I mean, those were guys that, you know, last year we'd be looking at them as our main three-point shooters. 
we, the Lakers, will be looking at it's like, okay, y'all, bring it home. 35 36%. Let's get it. Now you got guys in, in Wayne Ellington. You got guys in Malik Monk who come with that shooting pedigree. You know? I think it's going to make a big difference. So for LA so far, especially after what they did in day one, check that out on last show. I do like how they have responded here. Got to talk about some of the Lakers didn't get that they were really hoping to go. That actually ended up making a great signing. Patty Mills went to the Brooklyn Nets on a two-year deal with the last year being a player option. Uh, this was definitely an underrated move that I think is very important, especially for a team in Brooklyn that, you know, you have someone who is one of the more reliable backup point guards, has been just a stud for the Spurs for a decade plus, is a great three-point shooter, 38% for his career, will help with their depth, um, just going to fit right in as someone who, you know, doesn't have to be an offensive creator, and that's great because he's not necessarily a offensive initiator in that way. He can bring the ball up, kind of get you in your sets, but especially when you have guys like James Harden, like Kyrie Irving, like Kevin Durant, spotting up and knocking down threes at a high clip is very important. Someone who's going to be good in the locker room and help, you know, some of the younger guys, help some of the older guys, someone who comes from a San Antonio Spurs culture that can bring that professionalism to a team that I'm not saying doesn't have it, but can definitely always use another injection of it. You get that in Patty Mills. A veteran who, with a contract like this, definitely has some freedom to play on this contending team and decide his future next year as well, which is solid. So, really happy for him there. The Lakers surely would have wanted someone like that. You know, and is a little undersized, is 32, you know, um, can be targeted on some end and isn't someone who's going to, like, you know, like I said, initiate offense. He's not traditional backup point guard in the sense of, oh, we can run through him for three to five minutes off pick and roll and such, but he can do just enough playmaking, very strong shooter, and I think he's going to fit like a hand in a glove for the Brooklyn Nets. So that is a great signing for them. Another big one. This is not an understatement at all. It's not a uh, under-the-radar signing. This is just a pretty decent deal. Uh, and no, I, I already mentioned Carmelo, so it, it's not Carmelo. Uh, it is DeMar DeRozan, though. Yes, that's right, DeMar DeRozan is a Chicago Bull of the San Antonio Spurs finalized sending DeMar DeRozan to the Chicago Bulls for Thad Young, future first-round pick, and two second-rounders. So that's crazy. Um, DeRozan is expected to sign a three-year, $85 million deal to join Chicago. Remember, last year he averaged 21 points, seven assists, and four rebounds a game. He really should have been, in my mind, an all-star last season in the West. I think, you know, we were still going around doing our... uh, good old-fashioned Mike Conley Jr. legacy tour, uh, legacy campaign, rather, and that left DeRozan as a snub. But at the time, the Spurs were up there in the top four in the NBA. They had a very good record. Not only were they winning close games, but DeMar DeRozan was closing them down on a young team that, come on, I mean, they ultimately didn't make the playoffs, but at the time, they weren't even looked at as a team that was still projected to even compete for that position, and they were overachieving, and DeMar DeRozan was a major reason why. So one of my regrets is that, you know, it was a shame that over three years, with San Antonio Spurs, he didn't make the All-Star team once. I thought he had several years. All three, you could have argued that he could have been an All-Star. Obviously, there's a lot more competitiveness in the West to get those positions. So I'm not trying to you know, give any slack there. It is a tough minefield out there to get anything. But DeMar DeRozan, especially last year, I definitely think earned it. As for where he goes now, I mean, you're going to the Chicago Bulls that have assembled themselves quite the roster. I mean, forget already the core that you had core, you know, loosely speaking, but Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Patrick Williams, but now you also have Lonzo Ball in there alongside Kobe White, who never left. You bring in uh, the GOAT, yes, that's right, Alex Caruso. You (laughs) bring in DeMar DeRozan. You have 
an interesting, uh, almost eclectic mix of, of shooting, of defense, of playmaking. It's it's going to be a nice little weird potpourri of a roster that in some ways seems really solid. I, I like it. I don't know how, like, who's starting and, like, figuring out the rotations in that way just yet. It's way too early for that signing stuff to be done. But you look at the way the Bulls look right now, and there's some depth on this team. There's some quality players. Also, DeMar DeRozan got paid. I mean, this is upwards of $28 million over three years. Like, the guy got his money, so I think it worked out for him. There was no way he was going to go down from making, you know, $20 million a year to making, what, 5 to 7 you know, on, on a contending team, or 5 for the Lakers, or whatever the case may be. He wanted a pay cut, but I don't think he wanted that much of a pay cut. But going to the Bulls, you know, at age 31, not only is he not taking a pay cut, but he's kind of getting an okay chance at it. I'm not saying the Bulls are title contenders by any stretch of the imagination, at least not yet. Got to see how it plays out. But for him to go to Chicago and be on a team that is going to definitely contend for a playoff spot this year uh, while getting the bag for himself, that's not bad. This is a solid group. I think the Bulls' front office are definitely trying to show Zach Levine, hey, we are trying to field a competitive roster moving forward. Look at what we've done so far. They're making that pitch. You can expect Zach Levine to probably sign an extension as soon as he's eligible to do so. And, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how this whole thing works out. But so far, the Bulls are making it happen. They have to be one of the clear winners of this offseason. Got a few other minor signings to talk about. George Hill. Uh, if you remember, the Bucks had traded him to the Oklahoma City Thunder as part of that four-team Drew Holiday trade. Uh, he then was bought out. Uh, or not bought out, traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, they have released him, and he is returning to Milwaukee, according to Sham Sharani of The Athletic. I think he's going to provide exactly what the Bucks were hoping for before, uh, maybe a little less, because he, I guess, didn't, I mean, he did a decent enough job at it, but again, when you have the chance to get Drew Holiday, you take it. Now you have someone who is nearing the end of his career, you know, mid-30s here, but he's still a good three-point shooter, he can still defend multiple positions, and he has some familiarity with both the players on the team as well as the coaching staff, because what the heck, he was there just a short time ago. So this is a very solid pickup for them, uh, for basically nothing. They're trying to look to repeat. They already let P.J. Tucker go for reasons that can't be explained. <laughs> Money being one of them, but also being none of them, because, come on, we talked about that in the last show. But the point being, having George Hill back is great for their guard depth. Another signing, George Yang, backup big, uh, solid shooter from the Utah Jazz, former second-round pick is joining the Philadelphia 76ers while we still wait to see what the heck happens to Ben Simmons. That is happening. Uh, he averaged 6.9 points and 2.4 rebounds off the bench for the Jazz last year. Shot a very solid 42% from three. We know the 76ers always need shooting. That's whether they are built around Joel Embiid or built around Ben Simmons or both or whatever the case may be. The more shooting, the merrier. Uh, having someone do that is great, especially at the position that they have it. Uh, also, according to Ramona Shelburne, speaking of uh, Ben Simmons, the Sixers apparently are open to bringing him back. Gee, wow, I wonder why. Maybe because Daryl Morey has way too big aspirations of a trade package in return for Ben? Maybe? Possibly? I certainly think so. He seems to want the James Harden package without coming to the sense that, you know, Ben Simmons is nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. The star has fallen significantly on that. Speaking of the 76ers, going back to that, they have another uh, addition to back up Joel Embiid to be the replacement for Dwight Howard, and that is, drumroll please, Andre Drummond. Yes, that's right, Andre Drummond, who expected the bag, uh, had an NFT up for $50,000, just, he had dreams of grandeur, uh, signed for the vet minimum. 
Yeah, you didn't get that wrong. Now, a vet minimum to back up Joel Embiid, who he's famously beefed with over the last couple of years. I'm sure that is a great, funny, sunny predicament for all of them. Uh, should be a load of laughs. But let's be real. For Philadelphia, the signing of Andre Drummond is pretty good. Uh, you know, you're getting a, a backup who's probably not really a backup, but definitely not one of your upper echelon centers. But let's just say starting level center coming in in the backup role, someone who can, you know, play the 15, uh, 20 minutes a night for Joel Embiid, or the case may be, and then also just swoop in and, and soak up all those minutes and games when Joel Embiid is resting and or injured. So you have that in Andre Drummond to just be a beast, do what he does, collect double-doubles, get rebounds, set good picks, you know, finish around the basket. He's not the best finisher. He's obviously not a vertical spacer, uh, but he will do something that Dwight Howard wasn't able to do consistently, which is stay on the floor. And the reason I say that is due to foul trouble, because Dwight Howard, like I said, is kind of a fine machine at this stage of his career. Uh, Andre Drummond is pretty okay there. He got some moments, but still, you have someone who is very solid in that position, gives the Sixers extra size, makes them bigger. Uh, you're not losing it on the floor when you take out Joel Embiid. Uh, you can't replicate his skill set at all because we already know the difference between Joel Embiid and uh, Andre Drummond from that end. I mean, one guy is a foundational player. One guy is a veteran minimum. Both guys are around the same age. So not a whole lot to dig deep into there. But it is a very prudent signing for the 76ers. Definitely like what they did there. Utah Jazz went and made a signing as well to get an extra big backing up Rudy Gobert. He is going to the Utah Jazz. His name is Hassan Whiteside. That's right. Only played 36 games last season with the Kings, but what, just two years ago, he's putting on 15 points and 13 boards, just under three blocks a game. Definitely has limitations, but someone who, again, you know, will finish around the rim, rebound well, make some blocks. You know, Hassan Blockside, maybe? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not a good joke, but whatever. I think that is, again, a very solid signing you have. Again, someone in Utah who can bring some size, replicate um, a little bit of how Rudy Gobert plays. Nowhere near the level of screen assists. But, you know, in terms of the basic tenets of rebounding, putting the ball in the basket, also makes up for the loss of, of course, Derek Favors for Utah. So you do have that fit there. I hope that the Utah faithful take a sound white side well. He is definitely a um a personality, right? <laughs> Extension time, y'all. Extension time. Steph Curry, he got the bag and then some worth every cent. His last year is going to be paying him so much money, but let's break it down a little bit. He earned a four-year, $215 million deal to stay with the Golden State Warriors. He will extend his contract off his $45.8 million salary in 21-2022, which means he's now guaranteed that 261 over the next five years. This is going to be crazy. Octagon Basketball uh, made that deal, which is significant only because they have the distinction now of negotiating the largest total contracts in the past seven months. Not only did they seal the deal with the Steph Curry extension, they also were able to hook up Giannis with that five-year, 228 Supermax deal. So they are doing their business. Uh, This deal ties Curry to the Warriors through the rest of his prime. You can basically make him Warrior for life. I doubt he's going to want to leave the Warriors at age 38 to chase a ring when he already has a couple and will be that guy that is a lifetime teamer. You know, he's going to be like the Tim Duncans. He's going to be like the Dirk Nowitzkis. He's going to be that guy who, from the beginning to end, stayed with the team, you know, saw his tremendous prime, saw him descend back to, you know, just a solid player uh, down to his inevitable twilight seasons. He's going to be that guy that means a lot for the Golden State Warriors, the franchise. It obviously means a lot to Steph Curry to have laid down his roots with the squad and followed it all the way through. 
he's worth everything, considering what he's given up, you know, what he's been through with this team, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads, uh, he's still, they're still trying to win, you know, and they're, they're on pursuit of their fourth NBA title, uh, alongside Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, this is still something they're trying to do, Curry had a tremendous season last year, won a second straight scoring title, uh, or not a second straight, but second scoring title, uh, earned first team All-NBA, yeah, he is worth every bit of the $59 he'll be making on that last year of his deal, like, he is simply something else there, um, and you can't you can't fault him for it. I have literally nothing to say negative about him. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, they did make two good signings. Uh, the Warriors, for the first, were able to grab Otto Porter. Uh, Otto Porter, 27, uh, been injured quite a bit, but he's someone that you look at from a 3-and-D wing aspect, and you like what he brings in terms of being a smart player, uh, being someone who can bring you that additional size, bring you that 3 and D aspect, and do it at a decent level. We saw him with the Wizards a couple years back. He didn't really have a, a great year uh, last year along with the Magic and such, but he can bounce back on a team that's going to have high IQ. He knows his role, and he'll fit it very well. Uh, the Warriors also grabbed Nemanja Bielitsa on the minimum. And Nemanja Bielitsa, the big man, played with the Kings and the Heat most recently. Definitely like seeing him on this team. Uh, he played just 37 games last year. His production did fall off, um, but he did have the best season of his career in 2019-2020. He averaged 11 points, 6 rebounds, just under 3 assists, and just under a steal per game. And he shot 41% from beyond the arc. So, really good for them to grab him as well. Alright, so let's talk about some of the free agents that are still remaining. We'll go through, uh, you know, uh, a few of them. <laughs> we have number 1, Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi, I think we already know, he's going back to the Clippers. It's not a matter of who, it's just a matter of when. Uh, not sure what's taking so long, but he can take all the time he wants. It's not really anyone else with the money to kind of go for him, um, and there's no way he's going to leave the Clippers to go sign for pennies on the dollar for a team he probably won't even play for this next season, being that he's coming off that ACL injury. So that's not even a question. John Collins a little more interesting, although... I mean, again, the threat of him going to another team outside of maybe San Antonio isn't really there. Uh, you know, the Hawks and them are going back and forth. The Hawks made, I think, a pretty significant offer, and John Collins expects to be paid the max. And mind you, his playoff performance was not super great, but the way he played in the regular season, the reason they got there to begin with, sort of, was pretty good. So I think you give the guys money. If not, okay, uh, maybe he takes a qualifying offer. be weird if he did, but that's a thought. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, it was been talked about for a minute he's going to Washington, but haven't seen it yet just happen. I don't know if they're trying to do a sign and trade with Brooklyn or whatever the case may be, but it's still out there lingering for him. Kelly Oubre Jr. is a big one. Uh, I think that, you know, if he was on the Lakers, that'd be just the, another addition of youth, athleticism, just enough shooting, just enough of that random it factor they'd like, but so would a bunch of other teams. If you went back to the Warriors, uh, you know, a, a bunch of contending teams I think like him. I think the money he's looking for probably isn't there. Uh, so there is something there to consider. And I guess you could say the same thing for Dennis Schroeder, who I'd look right after him. Uh, another guy who, the market, it, it's humbling right now. For guys like Uber, for guys like Schroeder, for guys like Andre Drummond, who just went for the minimum. It, it, it's really making you reconsider what you thought your value was and what it probably is right now, whether that's due to the way you played the season before, team fit, uh, just the way you're valued overall. It's This is kind of where we're at. So Dennis Schroeder's another one. I could see him go back to the Lakers. I could see him go to... Uh, another team, I just don't know what team really wants him right now that needs a point guard, you know, um, the Knicks maybe, but I, I don't know how I feel about that, and I don't know how they feel about that, so it's weird for them. Uh, Larry Markin is another one out there, restricted free agent, again, where is it coming from? Certainly the San Antonio, they had the chance, and they decided, hey, you know, we'll take that young, so there you go with that, um, he's another one that could be out there. 
um, well, out there in terms of maybe he'll come back to Chicago for like a, a low prove-it deal or the qualifying offer. Uh, he'll probably find a home somewhere. I'm just wondering where. Uh, obviously, Chicago's like, go go, go in and find it. And there's not really a lot of people that are like, yeah, Laurie, let's, let's take it. So you have that. Reggie Jackson, you know, I'm surprised he didn't get bigger offers. Uh, I look at it more like Kawhi. He's going back to the Clippers. Not really a matter of, you know, another team, but just when. He was just cited yesterday at a Dodgers game. So do with that information what you will. But he had a great year. He loved the team there. Uh, you know, the Clippers are trying to make it a priority to get back their free agents in terms of Nicholas Batum, which they did on a two-year deal already. Uh, I would imagine, of course, they mentioned Ray Jackson specifically. So I imagine going to lock that up, and he's just kind of taking his time trying to survey it. But I don't think he's going to find a lot out there to bear. So there's that as well. Victor Oladipo, hmm, I've heard some things that he might, not things like I have sources, but I've read an article that he might wait um, probably into the year to kind of see. I mean, unless he goes on a vetman prove a deal, you know, the teams will line up for that sort of contract. But the money he was looking to get, no, and I feel bad because it feels like, I feel like he missed his boat, you know, buying a strong year next year, the year after, due to injury. I feel like he missed his boat in a way that, similar to that of Isaiah Thomas, who, actually is rumored to be possibly be considered by the Celtics to rejoin there. I feel like he's been in that spot where injuries just kind of hit him just when his big payday was going to hit. And now he might not see that massive, you know, contract he was hoping to get. Uh, you could put DeMarcus Cousins in that category as well. The only difference I'd say between Isaiah Thomas and DeMarcus Cousins and Victor Oladipo in that analogy I'm making is that Victor Oladipo turned down multiple extensions, first from the Pacers, then from the Rockets, where DeMarcus Cousins got traded you know, because the Kings didn't give him the Supermax, and then he got injured. Uh, ditto for uh, Boston Celtics with Isaiah Thomas. So you had those issues there as well. Um, those two didn't get a shot at an extension. Oladipo did. He just didn't take it because he thought he was worth more, and he probably was. Now you wish you'd probably take it. Josh Hart's another one. I'm surprised it's still out there. He's available still. Still just 26. Great rebounding guard. 3 and D guy. Eh, he's okay on the 3. He's definitely going to take it. I don't know if he's like super great there. I wouldn't like put him as a 3 and D like solid there. But in terms of the archetype, he does fit that role well. Uh, maybe back to New Orleans? I don't know. It's weird. I'm very intrigued to see where he goes. Uh, Andre Godala. What, Lakers or Warriors at this point it looks like? Be nice if we went to the Lakers. Uh, yeah, you know, they're already long on the tooth. So what's another 35, 36-year-old plus player? At the same time, someone with that... Um, defensive IQ, veteran leadership, and the length. You know, maybe knock down a corner three once in a while. That would be great. If you went back to Golden State, couldn't be mad at it. Get the get the band back together. Someone who doesn't need to play too much, but can kind of sit at the end of the bench and be that sage, wise guy that the Warriors seem to love collecting over the years. You know, return back home. Went out, got his money, come back for one last ride in the sun with Steph and the gang. Uh, only thing I think is maybe they'd want somebody that's more... I don't know. They already got Otto Porter and Andrew Wiggins. Like, maybe someone who's more capable of giving them, like, big minutes. Not even big minutes, but just, like, steady, um, productive minutes. I'm not saying Andre Iguodala is not productive, but I'm not exactly saying that he is right now. Played solid for the Heat, but, I mean, just saying. Don't shoot the messenger. Uh, Justice Winslow is still out there. I didn't have the greatest year in Memphis injury still, but, you know, he's someone that's available. Uh, You know, kind of found his uh, three-point stroke, has a little bit of ball-handling ability. That could be intriguing for some. J.J. Redick is still a shooter out there. Terrence Davis is still out there. Denzel Valentine, and now we're kind of getting down to the mids. I mean, Denzel Valentine's okay. Uh, I don't really, I wouldn't put him out there like, oh, yeah, he's a big one, but he's a solid guy. Uh, You know, last second hijinks in games, be danged. Uh, Check out Denzel Valentine. Bulls, and I'm sure what I'm referencing is one of the first things that'll pop up. And trust me, when you see it, you'll know. 
you'll know. You'll know. Uh, Wesley Matthews, I think, is going to return to the Lakers, but he's someone out there. Paul Millsap. Already mentioned this in, in yesterday's show, but with the green and green connection, I'm going to come up with a good nickname for that. But with Jamichael and Jeff Green there, there isn't a, exactly a priority um, to bring Paul Millsap. He's on the outside looking in, and he's someone that, like I said yesterday, contenders should be lining up the door for. Even at an advanced age, for him, 36, he's someone that you know brings just a little bit of everything, um, stepped up and had moments for the Nuggets last season. I think he'd be a great addition for a contending team. Ken Birch is still out there as well. Hamadou Diallo. Just 23, still a lot of athleticism. And DeMarcus Cousins, only age 30, had his moments with the Los Angeles Clippers last season after having a, you know, kind of up-and-down start with the Rockets to begin the year. So I think you know that, yeah, he's not the player he was. All right? I think we can all agree on that. But that doesn't mean that he isn't a player because he most certainly is. All right. Guess what, y'all? It is the B-Day time. That's right. NBA birthdays. You know them. You love them. We here. Let's run into some... For the fourth, uh, we don't really have a whole lot. We have uh, Mark Mar- uh, Maurice Spates. Uh, I birthday to Maurice Spates. Uh, the dude played 10 years in the NBA. Uh, Mo Buckets, remember him, Mo? He is now 34 years old. Uh, you can find him on the big three, but he played with the 76ers, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Cleveland Cavaliers, most notably with the Golden State Warriors. He played four, three years there. Uh, got himself to a ring in that in that span, uh, play with the Clippers as well, and then close it out with the Magic. I mean, maybe the chance comes back in the NBA. You can't hold out nothing. I mean, for goodness sake, Sam Decker did. Another little piece of random news. Sam Decker going to the Toronto Raptors after two years overseas. Okay. So it's possible, but I don't really know about that. Um, also, Matt Thomas. Yep, that's the shooter, uh, formerly of the Toronto Raptors, currently of the Utah Jazz. Uh, Matt Thomas turns 27, uh, although he's no longer a member of the Utah Jazz, unfortunately, he was waived, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> today, so, or waived yesterday, he appeared, um, in 45 games with the Raptors and Jazz for his career, he is a 41% three-point shooter, so I'm sure he may find a home, for now he finds himself on that list of free agents that haven't signed just yet, uh, also Caldwell Jones, one of the many Jones brothers in the NBA. He played 17 years in the league. He did pass away in 2014 at age 64, but he was a one-time All-Star, two-time All-Defensive team, uh, played with the laundry list of names, starting from the ABA, going down to the Philadelphia 76ers, then the Houston Rockets, then the Chicago Bulls, Portland Trailblazers, and finally with the San Antonio Spurs at the age of 39, playing 72 games. Uh, crew averages of seven points, eight boards, solid guy. You know, wasn't too high, wasn't too low, did his job, and, you know, rest in peace to him. But he is somebody that was born on this day as well. And that's really about it for the birthdays. A lot of them, yeah, just just, just kind of not, not a high-volume birthday day. Uh, we have one of my favorites tomorrow. Can't wait to get into him, but that will be for tomorrow. So we will hold on till then. Speaking of tomorrow, that will do it here for another edition of Round Ball Ramble. You know where to find me on Twitter. If you don't, Corbin NBA, C O R B A N NBA. Make sure to check out Hoop Ball on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets online, hoop ball.com. Definitely make sure to give that a look. A lot of great stuff going there, like I say. Until tomorrow, y'all, I am Frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and we will talk to that. Have a good one.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.